One Softball Podcast. I'm your host, Tara Henry. As always, we are excited to bring you the best of the best in college softball. After the show, head on over to D1Softball.com for the latest stories, coaching scoop, international softball news, fall schedules, and more. If you subscribe today, you can use Podcast 20, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T 20 for 20% off an annual subscription. We are excited for today's new episode that features Illinois head coach Tyra Perry. The D1 Softball Podcast is sponsored by Bat Club USA. Bat Club USA is a subscription service for premium baseball and softball equipment. In 2016, co-founders Eric and Oscar realized there's a huge performance gap between top-tier bats and the ones most people can actually afford. So they started Bat Club. Since then, parents have been able to give their kids the best bats in the game at an affordable monthly payment. Learn how you can give your little slugger access to the best bat for their swing starting at $20 per month by visiting batclubusa.com. Now let's get started. I'm joined by my co-host, Rhiannon Podkey. Rhee, how are you doing this week? Doing good. We're, uh, we had a little bit of cold spell here in the South, so having to bundle up a little more this, this week. So that, that's not been fun, but otherwise it's been great. How are you doing? I'm good, actually. We're, I think we're 90 degrees out here today, uh, in SoCal, so a little bit of a different. <laughs> it was 30 when I woke up today, so not 90. <laughs> a little bit of a position there. We did have a little bit of rain, and then now it's back to just good old sunny California. And uh, I'm alive. I know you were worried about my safety this weekend, so I'm also alive. Mark yes. <laughs> so if people did not see Ree's timeline, she was down on the field for that epic uh, Tennessee Vols win over Alabama and I'm not a huge fan of crowds and the video that Ree posted gave me really a uh, high anxiety uh Ree I'm glad that you're still uh you're still here and didn't get you know run over by all those crazy students it was close it was the wildest scene I've ever covered in all my years like my 20 something years of covering college football I kind of had an idea going in that could happen. So I escaped, a, like I had an escape route mapped out in my head for like two days in advance. And uh, luckily I was able to get down there and make it through. And, but man, that scene was wild. It was unlike anything I've ever seen. So it's crazy, uh, but that's what makes college sports so much fun, man. It was, it was, it was nuts. I mean, and the cigar smoke, my God, I came home and I, I think I smelled like cigars for 18 days. Everyone, I'm like, where do you all get to? Like every, there's at least 103,000 cigars being smoked at the same time. So um, do you think people just pick up cigars on their way in thinking oh, that yeah. it's a tradition it's for this rivalry? So, yeah. and so some of them probably saved it for 16 years because they had won for 16 years. So I think they all had them. And then the students took the goalpost and threw it in the Tennessee River. So that was fun too. Yeah. Wasn't there a massive fine as well? Yeah, that's a hundred thousand because they had uh, already had a Tennessee basketball had done like a court rushing. So, yeah, and then they jokingly tried to crowdsource it, like kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing that people really thought was like super serious, and was ragging on the you know the department, like why are you asking the fans to raise this money? But it was kind of a, a marketing thing that probably maybe you think about again, maybe not, just kind of like for donations, but uh. It, uh, it didn't, I think some people literally was thought it was literal, like they were asking people, but it, it wasn't really literal, but that's okay. I mean, but yeah, it was wild. I mean, again, I'm, I, I, 
it was just crazy watching it, but it was, it was good because it wasn't really anything like horrible that took, like no one was injured, but it was nuts. That's it for the football news of the week. Let's get on to softball. Uh, we had some news, uh, you know, last week, uh, Gary Farron passed away at the age of 78. Uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to all those that knew and loved Gary and, uh, I was fortunate enough to play against him at UCLA. He, uh, gosh, it was such a pleasure to play LMU and we played him a ton because they were just down the road from us. And his teams, they always had this grittiness about them. He was always had a, you know, he always had a good smile on his face and he, he really, he made it fun. He made the game fun and uh, just a legend in our sport, winning as coach at, at LMU and, uh, again, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and friends. And uh, yeah, we lost a good one. Yeah, I, I only had brief interactions with him just through reporting and going to a few of those games. But I know you were uh, knew him a lot better. But from all I've ever heard and just dealing with him, he was just always really, you know, a great person, great, great representative of the sport and really made it fun. And everyone loved playing for him. And that's, you know, when you hear that, that's pretty much all you need to know if you're if it makes you a good coach. Yeah, so uh uh, rest in peace, Gary Farron from LMU. Uh, we'll now get to our what we've got on the site this week. Uh, we've had Wichita State today, or a couple days ago, uh, but gosh, Graham did a great report. I think it was like 3,000 words or something on Wichita State, the Shockers. I mean, it is in-depth. If you want to know what is happening at Wichita State, uh, head on over to the site because <laughs> you are going to know everything. Obviously, Addison Barnard. Addison Barnard, yes. Yeah, we've had this conversation. And Sydney McKinney uh, are back for the Shockers. Uh, you know, historically, they can hit there. And they're going to have to do some some kind of figuring out in that pitching staff, on the pitching staff. But uh, we know we're going to see some home runs. We know we're going to see a lot of hits over there and an extra base hit. So uh, that was Wichita State uh, on the site. Uh, Re, any anything to add to Wichita? No, I mean that what they've done there, built there is a you know you know quote unquote mid major as we call them sometimes non power five. Uh, it's been really remarkable. They just keep cranking out great teams, and obviously uh, Christie's done a great job there, and they've rewarded her with extensions. And um, it's just you know and reading like I said, reading all those. It was very in-depth, but it was great. It was very enlightening, and it, it's kind of cool. I, I think they're going to, you know, they've, they've got some more talent coming in, and obviously when you have two players like that coming back, they're going to be someone that's uh, not going to be taken lightly next season again, and it's good for the sport to have programs like that. So I really enjoy watching them play and how they go about their business. So that was Wichita State. Then we had Northwestern, and Kate Johan spoke with her at length about the Wildcats. They had a great run last season. Ended up upsetting Arizona State in the Tempe Regional. And eight out of their nine starters from the Women's College World Series will be back, including their lefty ace, Danielle Williams. They do lose Rachel Lewis, the Big Ten Player of the Year in 2022. But uh, I like what she's got going on there, Kate and Carol Drohan, the, the twin sisters. And then uh, also Gasconi, uh, husband has now joined the staff uh, as well and so that'll be fun to see he worked previously uh, in baseball and um, has brought in a lot of analytics and, and data and 
kind of piece together this player development program for Northwestern. So excited to see what he does with them. Uh, and then we had the Georgia Bulldogs re what he got on Tony Baldwin uh, and his squad in his second year as skipper. Yeah. Well, you know, the big, you know, obviously the big question with Georgia the last few years has just been pitching. So that's really where they, you know, they had Madison Kerpix who, you know, shouldered a huge load last year as a sophomore, um, you know, really, really good job to kind of get through those weekends, but they knew they needed to kind of bring more depth in. So huge addition with graduate transfer Shelby Walters from Duke. Um, she was mainly injured last year. So they're hoping to actually get two seasons out of her. They're going to try to obviously apply for eligibility. Um, so that's a huge addition because they can hit. We know Georgia can hit. We know the Bulldogs can score. They've still got a lot of talent. They've got some newcomers coming in that he thinks is really going to contribute freshman wise. Um, and if he transfers outside of just Walters, they've got Dallas Goodnight from Alabama, who we knew from last year. So a uh, very talented squad. And the pitching is just really where it's going to be at. If they can get, because if they can get that pitching depth and be able to, you know, win a few more of those weekends and not have to score 20 runs to win, or as we saw with LSU, that one game, <laughs> the crazy game. Um, I think they can really do some, make some, uh, make some noise, do some damage. I mean, heck, they're only two years removed from the World Series, and that was a young team there. So that's just almost everyone returns. So uh, Tony's very excited about what he's got and the talent that he has coming in with some of the freshmen as well. Yes, excited to see how they do in the SEC this year. And they're not far off. You're right, Ree. And, and I think if can get another arm in there to take some of those innings and, and get a few more wins, uh, they'll be contending there in the SEC. So that's Georgia. We'll have Maryland as well. They've got six freshmen coming in and a transfer. Uh, it sounds like there's, they've got a few freshmen that might start up the middle for uh, the term. So that'll be up on the site as well. Uh, Mark Montgomery there and just had a big game with Penn State, the uh, first ever game at Williamsport, Little League, the girls with game experience. So we'll have that in there as well. Uh, so take a look at the at the website, d1sample.com. Uh, we've got everything up there and we're just keep rolling out these fall reports. That said, we're going to head into our guests of the week. We've got Illinois head coach Tyra Perry. Reed, what do you got? Yeah, a really enjoyable interview with uh, Tyra Perry. Obviously, her eighth season at Illinois and 22nd overall in Division One as a head coach. Um, got to talk to her a lot, a lot of things, playing, you know, the first LSU softball team in, in program history, uh, her transfer, kind of just what, what they're doing in the fall and just some a little bit about adding Van Studem as a pitching coach and her mentorship with diversity and coaching and trying to increase the ranks of minority coaches, um, coaching with her sister. And then now she's going to be coaching against her sister. So you hear all about that and more in this, uh, this interview. And it, it was a really fun one to do. All right, here she is, Illinois head coach Tyra Perry. Our guest today on the D1 Softball Podcast is Illinois head coach Tyra Perry. Perry is in her eighth season at Illinois and 22nd overall as a head coach in Division One. Louisiana native is one of the inaugural players on LSU softball's first team and helped the Tigers reach their first ever NCAA tournament regional Illinois finished third in the Big Ten last season with a 15-7 record and reached the NCAA tournament. Uh, this is a guest we've wanted to have on for a long time on the D1 Softball Podcast, so thank you for joining us, Ty. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this opportunity. 
And we're just gonna let the readers know you are in a pet, you're a passenger. So if you hear car sounds, it's completely normal. She's a passenger in a vehicle right now. So um, if you oh, hear- Oh, wow. Some- you guys can hear that. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's like, we, this is a pod that we, we get to wherever you are. We're just happy to have you on. Um, so you know, let's just roll right into it. I mean, we, we've been rolling out our fall reports and we're gonna have one I'm sure on uh, Illinois coming up here soon. How, uh, how's the fall season going for you in the program over there? Well, you know, we get right to it. So uh, we uh, take the first day off of, uh, you know, classes, you know, let we let them, you know, get acclimated on that, you know, first day and, you know, dress up real nice for the first day. And uh, after that, we get moving. So, you know, we start weight training. We start our actual uh, eight-hour weeks with our, you know, softball training in small groups. We do that for about two weeks and then we start team. So we actually ended team last week. We've played all eight games, uh, eight no. So that was exciting. And uh, this week we'll go back into the eight hour format. Yeah, you guys have the uh, the weather, right? So you're one of the schools that has got to finish before. And I saw the forecast in some of Chicago today is like snow coming. So it looks like you finished just in time for that to the weather to turn. Uh, yes, and that's a big part of our decision-making process as well. We go ahead and kind of get things in while we have that beautiful fall weather. Our fall games uh, this season were just absolutely gorgeous. And uh, also, you know, we end just in time for uh, recruiting. When recruiting opens up, uh, we're able to have our weekends off and get on the road. Yeah, on that note, you uh, you hired a new pitching coach, Van Studentman, and I saw her. She's out in the road recruiting. Um why did you guys feel that was the right hire and how has that gone so far? I know it's early in the process, but uh, what kind of went into that hire? Oh, wow. I, I, you know, I thank God every day for, uh, you know, giving us the opportunity to have a coach with the resume, uh, with the character, you know, with the just knowledge and just temperament of, of Van Studeman. You know, if, if anyone knows us at all, you know, I'm pretty even killed, you know, by voice and tone that you hear right now. That's me all the time. And uh, Coach Trout uh, is a very similar personality to myself. So bringing in someone like Coach Van, that's just, you know, all gas, no breaks, you know, 10 all the time is a great compliment, you know, to our more even killed, you know, attitude. So, so we're excited to have Coach Van and we've seen just differences in her training protocol uh, already, you know, differences in our, in our already very well coached pitching staff she's taken us to a new level within a, just a few weeks. Now you guys, obviously I was, when at the intro, I said you 15 and seven record, you finished third in the big 10. What, what really was the key to that team last year? What did you think was successful and how are you trying to move that forward into this season to kind of keep that momentum going? Well, a lot of it is leadership like within the team. We have three fifth year seniors who, you know, were not satisfied with our ending last year, even though we had a great season by all accounts, they feel that, you know, there's more success to be had and that they could, you know, with their uh, leadership, take the team even further, you know, before they hang up their cleats. So we're super excited about Cindy Sickles, Avery Steiner, both, you know, all big 10 players, conference players. Uh, Kaylee Powell is also back with us who has had, you know, all conference uh, recognition in the past and is looking to, you know, return to that in her in her fifth year season. Now, Coach, you've been, uh, as we, you know, 20, more than 20 seasons in Division One head coaching. 
a lot of people I've talked to over the years, the mentorship you've tried to provide, especially to other minority coaches in the profession, how important is that to you? And, and kind of what lengths do you go to really try to do that for others that are coming up and want to be head coaches? Well, outside of uh, just, you know, being a mentor and uh, just a, a resource for my current players, uh, the initiative of bringing diversity into the sport of softball is the most important uh, aspect of, you know, what I want to leave as far as legacy, uh, you know, when I do retire, uh, which I'm not about to retire, but just <laughs> when that happens, um, I, I definitely feel that, you know, when, when young players look around now, you know, you're starting to see more diverse teams, you know, and it wasn't that way in the 90s when I played. Uh, LSU, fortunately, was pretty diverse, but we weren't playing, you know, a lot of other teams that, that had diversity uh, within their team. And we certainly didn't see diversity within the coaching staff. So uh, especially in the in the head coaching position. So so I'm uh, you know very excited about uh, what we've been able to do as far as just bringing those opportunities to more people of color. And why do you feel that is so important? I mean, obviously, it's something that you're very passionate about. Why do you feel that is important? We've seen it at all levels of sports. You know, lately, it's kind of been more, more of a buzz thing. But it, why, in your heart, do you feel like that's always been a mission of yours? Well, it's not only important in sport or softball. It's important, you know, in everything, that uh, everyone has a chance to realize their passion and use their talents uh, on a platform that, you know, can hopefully make an impact on people. Um, you know, I, I feel like, again, just being in that situation as a student athlete where you kind of were always, you know, kind of by yourself as far as your own thoughts, your own feelings, even things down to what music you're, you know, listening to or uniform choices and things like that. You don't really have a support group that maybe feels, you know, a similar way, you know, that you do. So, or that's having a, a similar experience or you know, understanding things in the way, coaching points in the way that you understand them. So it's great now to see, you know, more diversity and we need even more, you know, so that you have that comfort level and it really frames your overall experience, you know, having someone that looks like you, thinks like you, talks like you next to you. And kind of tell us your coaching journey. Why did you decide that that was the route you wanted to take um, in your profession? Oh, I started out in nursing. Um, you know, my career in, in uh, college, I actually accepted a, an offer to play at Nickel State. And I uh, had completed all of my prereqs at the conclusion of my sophomore year, uh, minus one class. And uh, at the time, we were returning from playing in the regional tournaments uh, at, uh, I think it was called UL, Louisiana, USL maybe <laughs> back then, but now it's Louisiana Lafayette. Um, so we finished playing. Our coach brought us together and told us that she was tabbed as the new head coach at LSU. And, you know, and uh, she talked to two of us about possibly looking at the opportunity with her. You know, at the time, I didn't think I was because I thought I was going to be a nurse. But I ended up taking that final class at LSU, decided that, you know, I, I did want to transfer and I uh, ended up, you know, going her way. But had I stayed at, at uh, Nichols, I would have not only had been a nurse, I would have played for Lou Harris, you know, who is the legendary coach from Georgia. She was actually the person who was tapped to take over the program at Nickel State. But, but upon transferring, LSU's um, nursing school was in New Orleans, so I had to make some decisions and decided to go into kinesiology, got a graduate degree in sports management, and then just really start to feel in my heart, you know, that I wanted to coach. 
Wow. It's so amazing. The routes that, you know, the different turning points in life and where they take you and lead you. That's pretty cool. That's a, uh, sure. You still got a lot of that, uh, maybe that nursing knowledge in your head though, when you get deal with injuries and stuff, right. Is that uh, something that comes in handy at all? Oh, absolutely. I always joke that, uh, you know, my electives when I transferred to LSU are like anatomy lab, uh, human physiology lab. You know, I could have been doing like, you know, something fun like badminton, but uh, I was in the lab and they actually ended up becoming my electives upon transferring. But uh, it does it does help, you know, that nursing uh, background combined with kinesiology and sports management. Uh, I'm definitely uh, using my major in my current profession, which a lot of people can't say that. Now you had an interesting opportunity. You got to coach your sister, Brittany, who's now the head coach at Southern University. How was that experience for you? Oh, it, it was great for me, but you may need to talk to her. <laughs> but I am so <laughs> proud of Brittany uh, and what she's uh, doing over at Southern University. You know, and I think, again, just in, in my passion, it's important, uh, you know, I, I kind of see what she goes through every day, just, you know, in trying to get her kids uniforms, trying to get her student athletes helmets. And, you know, in my head, it's just like, why is that still a thing? You know, it's 2022. I don't care, you know, where you're playing at what level, you know, all student athletes should have helmets. All should, student athletes should have um, an opportunity to, you know, be you know, be dressed well. And, uh, you know, they shouldn't have to fundraise, you know, $5,000, $6,000 each in addition to what they're paying to, you know, to go to school in order to have the basics, you know. So, uh, you know, my sister's doing kind of, I, I think the Lord's work, you know, along with like the Tory Tysons and all those guys, you know, Monique that are out there, you know, just in the HBCU world, providing a great opportunity in sport uh, for women of color, you know, you know, I think, I think we all need to kind of make sure that we're supporting, you know, their cause. Definitely. I think, uh, you know, obviously a lot of like spotlight with Dion, what he's brought to football, but the HBCU budgets are still not, uh, not close to what we see with the power five power sixes in basketball, for instance, too. Um, it's kind of, I think people are kind of amazed when they hear that, but it's not something that has changed despite, you know, the recent attention, hoping it does, but uh, I, I've helped a few HBCU football programs have get cleats, which uh, right. you know, is crazy to me that I, I run a nonprofit and they, they're like, do you have cleats? I'm like, I'll help a college for sure. But like the fact that right. you need cleats is kind of sad. So, um, well, if you, if you look at it, if the football team needs cleats, yeah. can you only imagine what the softball team is lacking? That's, yeah, that's exactly what my first thought was being one that's covered a lot of power five, you know, football, it's like football usually gets everything first and then this, you know, trickle down. So that's why I was saying people need to know that they're still, you know, the HBCUs, they're trying, but in terms of staff and, you know, administration and everything in the athletics, it's still very, very much not quite up to par yet to what we should expect for kids, like you said, that are in college and working their hardest to, to play their sport. Um, yes, yes. And I've, I've worked camps, you know, and, and different things, you know, uh, trying to support uh, my sister and, um, you know, and, and uh, Southern University where she is. And I've, you know, gotten a chance to meet a lot of her players and they're, they're awesome young women. And we actually have the opportunity to play each other this year uh, at the NFCA uh, leadoff in Clearwater. Uh, I'll be her first opener and she'll be mine of the of this coming season and we'll be 
we'll, uh, it'll be a historic event, you know, at least in our household. That is awesome. Yeah, I, I, I actually saw that in the schedule and I was very, uh, very excited about that. We, we were there last year. I'm hoping to get down there again. For That's an amazing event, but that's pretty cool. That's great. Um, so that's going to be really cool that I know they have the two things down there too, with the two different events too. So, um, yes. yeah, we'll, we'll have to write about that for sure. That is a historic thing. You coach her, now you're going to play against her. That's pretty cool. Um, yes. Yes. Thank you. Now you've been in uh, Champaign, Illinois for, for nearly a decade now. What are some of the, uh, what people must do if they come visit and watch a softball game? What are the go-to spots there? Oh, wow. We have an amazing just food scene um it's really cute and quaint you know as far as the different places in Savoy Champaign Urbana you know those are all towns that are kind of kind of pushed together uh but my favorite go-to spot I would say is Sunsinger uh it's it's near my house first of all which is you know clutch and um and then there's seven saints downtown you know there's a lot of uh different uh you know, Japanese, you know, any, anything that you want, uh, Mexican food, like there's everything. So I think that's part of what really excites me about, uh, just being able to have quality food. And, uh, and I, I, I just heard about a new restaurant that's, uh, Zambia. It's like a, you know, African based food or, you know, whatever. So I can't wait to try it out. I'm going to try to locate it and, uh, check it out. So. That's great. Well, I know, uh, we're paying a lot of more national spotlight with Brett Bielema and the boys doing well this year. So maybe more people will need to get there and, and catch a game and then come for spend the spring for a softball game too. Yes. And you know, wow, what an exciting time to be in an line. I, uh, just with what coach Bielema has done, you know, like you just mentioned with the football team and, and, you know, you have Chase Brown, who's, you know, I think running himself towards a Heisman trophy, you know, and I'm biased, but you know, Chase is awesome. <laughs> Okay. And uh, then, and yeah, and what Coach Underwood's doing, you know, on the basketball side uh, is unmatched. You know, he took a, a program that was, you know, barely, you know, making it, limping along and, and turned it into the powerhouse that we have today, you know, attracting top recruits. And uh, both those guys, you know, help. Uh, they're, they're not just, oh, football, oh, basketball. You know, they're all about Illinois and they help out, you know, whenever needed and are very open to the entire athletic department, to all sports. Awesome. It's a really, I admit anyone that hasn't been, I'd go. It's, it's definitely a cool campus and a cool place to, to take in the scene and a cool little city there. So um, we'll lend you off with this. I know you, you're really busy, so we want to keep it forever, but if you have an off day from softball, how are you spending that day? If you have an off day, which I know coaches really is never to off completely, but a day where you really don't have as much softball, how are you spending that? Well, if I, uh, if I'm in Champaign, uh i am going to the movies i love going to the movies um i have been known to leave a game uh one we whether we won or lost and go straight <laughs> to the theater like i'll pull out my fandango app and see what's playing and i'll go straight into the theater so uh just to kind of clear my mind and relax uh i also am a big fan of just college sports so i love going to all of the sporting events on campus and if I am not in Champaign, I'm, I am a, a big fan of traveling. I just recently went to, uh, before school started, went to Cabo, to Mexico, and uh, loved it. And I uh, just kind of love traveling, international travel, you know, all those things. That's all, okay. That, that I have to say, what favorite, favorite international trip you've ever taken and why? 
Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I would have to say, whoa, that's tough. Um, I guess all things Italy, like I've gone, to, I've been to different parts of Italy twice and really enjoyed it uh, because of the food. You know, yeah. obviously I like to eat. I'm a, I like good food, like good food. So I love it. And uh, just, I love history and just kind of imagining, uh, you know, seeing, you know, people from their time, you know, going to Rome and, you know, seeing, you know, just thinking of the gladiators and I watch, you know, I watch movies. So I have a big imagination, you know, so I could kind of put myself there, you know, uh, in, in those particular situations. And, and I would also say Amsterdam, it's really beautiful and they have great coffee. Wow. Yeah. Next time I travel, I'm going to like have to text you. And the next time I go to the movies, I'll have to text you as well. And we can get, I got to get some recs from you next time. Now, now I know who to turn to for these things. That's oh, great. for sure. We can exchange back and forth. Yeah. I am very horrible when I don't think I've seen a movie since I think Blindside in a theater. So Larry shows you my uh, my <laughs> my right. movie. Go <laughs> right. Well, you have to go see Woman King uh, with yeah, Viola I Davis. Heard. I heard that's it's great. amazing, uh, amazing. I will probably go to see that again. Terry, to be honest, I'll probably be texting you in ten years saying it's on TBS and I'm just seeing it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so long as you see it just eventually see it. it comes and i'm like has anyone seen this or like yeah like 20 years ago where have you been so it's kind of how i work with uh my schedule with sports i'm usually watching sports too much to be honest um right well this was awesome we like i said long time wanted to get you on we we're really grateful you could make the time um definitely want to have you back in the spring you know once you guys get rolling obviously a few of the players too um so really appreciate you joining us today on the d1 softball podcast well, thank you for having me uh, anytime. I love your questions. Absolutely love your questions. This was awesome. Tyra Perry, Illinois head coach. Great to hear from her, her insights. Just uh, love that interview, Ree, and what a fun interview. Yeah, it was great. I, I, the funny thing at the end, I loved how she told, like she was saying, she's, she loves movies. So right after a game, win or lose, straight to her Fandango app and straight to the movie theater. Like she doesn't even know reviewing anything. Her team knows she's heading straight to the movies to watch something and kind of decompress. So that's a pretty cool like post-game ritual I, I'm, to clear her mind. And, and it was fun just to listen to some of the stuff she does outside of softball and coaching. And they're really excited about her being able to play against her sister who coaches at Southern HBCU in, the, in Clearwater in the, in the spring. That's going to be a first ever thing where these two go against each other. So really, really looking forward to that when we, when we get to that point of the season. Yeah, and I think Tyra Perry's in a nice job at Illinois. They, they're just, they're right on the cusp there uh, in the Big Ten. So again, I think heading into next season, you know, we really talked about the Big Ten and how that conference only play. I think it really hurt the Big Ten, but I would say we're, we're getting out of that now. And I think we're going to start seeing a little shakeup there. It's not going to necessarily be the Michigans and the Northwesterns. Uh, and I think we're going to see a few more teams kind of crack into that. Uh, that UCLA's of the world. UCLA. I, <laughs> uh, you said it. <laughs> I think UCLA will have something to say about the Big Ten pretty soon. <laughs> well, that's it that this week for the D1 Softball Podcast. Head on over to D1Softball.com, like, subscribe, and let us know what you think. You can send us an email at info at D1Softball.com. You can get in touch with Re or myself on Twitter, uh, Instagram, wherever you uh, are, can find us on social media. Uh, Re, any final thoughts? 
No, just, uh, I, you know, spread the word, subscribe. These fall reports are great. And we, you know, anyone that, that reads them and subscribes is, a, you know, helping us help cover the sport of softball better. And investing in women's sports is always a good thing. So I, I recommend you doing that. And I'm learning a lot. And I know everyone else will too, because you really can't find anything like this anywhere else. So, um, and thanks for the readers that are, that are retweeting it and reaching out and they've enjoyed them. So it's been cool to hear that feedback. You heard her. Uh, subscribe to the site, d1sample.com. Uh, Tara Henry for Rhiannon Bodkey. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>